Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Knights of the Dawn podcast, where we talk about everything Brandon Mole. My name is Megan. And I'm Jessica. And we just have to say... We are so sorry. sorry. (laughs) It has been a a little while since we've uploaded, and we have a couple... Yes. (laughs) There's been a... It's been a it's been a wild ride for us for the past month, and so we just want to say sorry mm-hmm. and thank you to those who have sent us messages asking you know when we're gonna put out the next episode. <laughs> yes, we appreciate your feedback and yeah. thank you. You're motivating us to keep going. Yes, honestly, it has been a crazy month. I don't know if I can I can't speak for Megan, but I know this has been one of my harder like. Yeah, it's just school. Is, school kills you. Yeah, you know? we're both college students, yeah. so we we just finished our semester. So hopefully we're, this summer we can really, we will be yeah. we'll try to be on a more consistent consistent upload schedule. So mm-hmm. feel free to keep us no, but yeah. honest on that. And to be fair, we did try to record one a couple weeks ago. Yes, we but, had a, we had a mishap. Yeah, technical. We recorded mishap. and then it didn't record correctly, and mm-hmm. so we couldn't upload it. But I think we got it all figured out. We did like three trial runs right before this yeah, to make sure. We were making sure that this is actually recording correctly. Yeah, so because we were really betting on that one. If it doesn't, good. I'm gonna lose my mind. But there will be tears. Yes, and they will be from me. <laughs> I will have a breakdown. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. We actually are gonna finish our book commentary on Fable Haven yeah. Book One. Yeah. So we're covering. Let's see. Last time we finished with chapter 12, Inside the Barn, I believe. Yeah, Meeting Glory. And now we're doing chapters 13 through 19, which is the end of the book. Um, An Unexpected Message is the first chapter that we're starting off with today. All right. Um, So, quick summary. Grandma's the chicken. (laughs) Just put it out there. (laughs) Grandma equals chicken. Grandma is Why did the chicken chicken cross the road? (laughs) Because Seth was trying to do something stupid on the other side. (laughs) <laughs> to go scold Seth on the other side. Why am I so proud of that joke? That was a good answer. <laughs> and probably, re- like, relatable. So, yeah, so, Grandma, in a few moments of sentience, manages to write out a message in spilled corn saying, I am G-Ma. Yes. And so, Seth and Kendra are like, hey, I mean, we've seen crazier stuff in the past week. I mean, if I saw that, I think my mind would explode. But they've yeah. already had a lot of... Crazy things happen, so... They're probably at this point, like, anything goes, might as well. It's true. Honestly, they're like, oh, help, thank you, (laughs) yes. (laughs) Like, divine help has come from God that their grandma is actually a chicken, and now they're trying to figure out how to bring her back. So, they're like, the only thing we can think of is taking her to Muriel, Mm -hmm. the witch. Which, I mean... They got no other choice. They need her. Exactly. And sadly, Grandma didn't, like, because Grandma has been a chicken, she didn't know that one of the one of the two remaining knots keeping Marilyn imprisoned had been loosed to help Seth. But she did not know that there was only one left. And so when they went to the witch and said, hey, we need our grandma back. But she's like, okay, blow my knot, free me. And they've got, like, we got no choice. And so Grandma's like, when she gets turned back into human, she's like, crap. I didn't, like... <laughs> This is another problem on my hands. Yeah. <laughs> a big one. But yeah. Then grandma but grandma though, she is no nonsense. She takes charge. She is a strong independent woman. Oh yeah, you know it. Even in a bathroom. She's like, We're going to Nero and we're gonna find your grandpa. Yeah. And I'm gonna fix this mess that he created. 
I love how she's like so used to it. She's like, I knew that without me, this place would go to crap. Like, I I just knew it. Well, after how like forty years of marriage, I'm gonna mm-hmm. guess fifty. I don't know how long they they are have been married, but she's like, she's probably used to cleaning up Grandpa's messes. Honestly, I think Grandpa is more of a Seth than he realizes. I I can imagine him being a very Seth-y. honestly, he's Seth, but with like fifty years more experience. Yeah. And like all of those, like, yeah, all of the learning experiences. It's true. Like he, like Grandpa laughs. Does at kind of have joke. like a Seth personality underneath. That's true. Like, and then Grandma's like the tempered, like more of a Kendra, but more like, but less hesitant. More bold. Yes, a very bold Kendra. Yeah, she's, she's got the, she's got she's the, the Patton Burgess reason. in him in her. Yeah, she's got the Patton Burgess in her. No, but yeah, she definitely has a lot of Kendra in her. Yeah, yeah, but it's really fun. So yeah, basically. Um, grandma comes back and like okay so we reference really quickly Nero Nero is a cave troll with a magic stone that can see pretty much anything and so grandma's like okay I may be dressed in a bathroom and slippers but we're going to see him and we're going to get the information of where your grandpa is and yep. Seth Kinder are like let's go we're not in charge anymore <laughs> I don't have to be responsible for this <laughs> let's follow grandma Yeah, Seth gets a good moment right here because once they get there we, they find out they have to climb these like vertical logs that are, like, going slowly and increasingly yeah. taller to get to, like, I think it's 40-foot ledge. Yeah. Like, it, that is It's easy. tall. Like, honestly, rereading this, I was like, that's how tall it is? Yeah, like, and there's, like, an 18-foot, like, diameter. 18-inch, sorry. 18-inch 18 18. diameter for Seth, like, and Seth was, like, leapfrogging up. I thought that's what it said. I don't know. Here, and then, like, the a, book. And then, like, it was, like, an 18-inch diameter log. Is that big or is that small? It's I, small. That's, I that's don't like, know. That's a foot and a half. That's, like, that big. And he's leapfrog. I'm, I'm, okay, even for an 11-year-old, that is, like, a small that is, ledge. That, that, that would barely fit his feet. Like, yeah, he's not using his feet, though. He, what he ends up doing is he, like, leapfrogs. Like, he puts his hand up and he, like, just, like, scoots his butt onto it. Because I think it's, like, a three-foot difference between them. And there's, like... This is hard to picture in my brain. I know. I think there's like 20 logs. They're all vertical, increasing like a staircase. You know, for some reason, I pictured them not standing up straight. I know it says they're standing up straight, but it's like in my brain, I was just like, oh yeah, they're like stairs on the side of a cliff. But they're not, apparently. This sounds way harder than what I always pictured. So, yeah, so basically they get there and Nero's like, climb the ladder or climb the stairs and we'll negotiate. And Grandma's Mm -hmm. like... Okay, but Seth beats her to it, and he just says, "Nope, I'm. I've. It's actually kind of a it's sad. It's really sad what he says. He says, "I've already lost Grant one grandma. I'm yeah. not losing another." And I know. He just bolts over there and starts climbing. It's so sad. I know. It's like, and also because he he feels also responsible at this point for Grandpa. So he's like, I almost, I probably, I might have killed my other, my other grandfather after losing one. Yeah, at this point, he's already lost two grandparents, and his grandpa might be dead. And he's like, "I'm not losing you too." Like. That's sad. Not when it was partially my fault. And so he starts yeah. leapfrogging up this. And I love Grandma, like, leaning over to Kendra, like, can he do this? Is he capable like, of this? Like, is this something he could do? And Kendra's like, I think he, like, he he, he does stuff like this. He's like, pretty ballsy. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, she's like, he's got a shot. He ends up falling and probably getting a couple ribs bruised, honestly. Uh, because yeah. Nero catches him and he swings into the cliff face. Like, swings into like, solid stone. Yeah, and, but, um. Like, Nero was, like, impressed. Like, he actually wants to, like, yeah. hire Seth out for all the <laughs> He's like, you can, you can be my slave. <laughs> yeah, so I'll show you where your grandpa is. Fair trade, right? <laughs> yeah, because, like, Nero, he wants a price. Like, and he's, like, naming these he's big... greedy. Yes. He's, he's a cave troll. He's a cave troll. He's a troll. They have a cave troll. 
<laughs> and so he started. Did you get that reference? No, I don't think I did. <sighs> what is it? Return of the King. Not Return of the King. Fellowship of the Ring. So, yeah, basically. And Nero is like, I want 30 barrels of gold coins. I want five rooms full of rubies. And Crab was like, reasonable. <laughs> she's got a poker face. <laughs> oh, she's, this woman bluffs her way through. She's like, hmm, interesting. How about a massage? That is, she's like, that is fleeting material goods. Mm-hmm. What and if I were to offer you an experience? Yes. Like, she's a saleswoman. This, this woman, like, she says, like, I was trained by a master. Yeah. She gives him, she gives him a sample on just one palm. And afterwards, she's, like, over here panting, like, whew, that was 90 minutes. And, sh- and they're like, you should have just paid him. And she's like, uh, yeah, we did not have that much gold. <laughs> she's like, yeah, I don't know what you think we have, but <laughs> we do not bad. have that. Yeah, and so, like, but so they get the information. And we find out that Grandpa's being held with Muriel in what is called in the book the Forgotten Chapel. So some context that we get for the Forgotten Chapel right here is that basically there was this demon called Bayamet who is quite the character we learn. He's got like Michael he's he's a weird looking dude. But he's a <laughs> he's demon. Not even a dude. <laughs> he, yeah, he's a demon. Yes. And basically he has terrorized the he terrorized the people who lived in like on like the preserve for like the like 17 1700s somewhere around there. 1700s cuz Fablehaven was established like 1769 or I think it's like 1703 or something like that. That does sound right. It's like early 1700s. Yeah. Trivia question. <laughs> Trivia question. When was Fablehaven founded? When was Fablehaven established? <laughs> Okay, but, but yeah, so, um, and so a very powerful few wizards, I believe, imprisoned Bayamit. Yes. In the basement of the Forgotten Chapel. There's some other history there, which is really interesting, but that's what we're going to diet down to right now. Yep. And so, basically, the fact that Grandma now knows that Nero saw Grandpa Lena Muriel, the witch, in Bayamit's prison means... Because, like, the problem first was just the fact that Grandpa's been kidnapped and they need to get him back. Yeah. But now the fact that they're trying to free Bayamit means they are actively trying to destroy all of Fablehaven. Like, this is a code red they've this, got on their hands. Like, this, it was a code. This situation has gone from bad to very much worse. It was, like, on the edge of orange turning to red when, with Grandpa gone, maybe pinkish. Yeah. Now it's just straight up red. It like, is red with black. flashing it's lights. Black. The sirens are going off, like... Defcon one. This, this is, is Defcon one. Because, as what Grandma tells them as they get back to the house and are gathering supplies, she tells them the secret about Fablehaven that Fablehaven is one of five secret preserves that are scattered across the globe. And each of these secret preserves has an artifact. And these artifacts are very, very powerful relics that. The Society of the Evening Star, which we've heard a little bit about, Referenced, yeah. they're trying to to recover these and use them for their own evil purposes. And I love how Seth's like, great, let's use it. Yeah, he's like, let's go find the artifact. <laughs> and Grandma's this. like, you don't understand what you don't understand. Like, <laughs> like that's just a, that's a no, honey. <laughs> like, Grandma's like, no. And, like, she's like, that is... Beyond our power. Yeah. That's that's for the next book. That is, <laughs> that's for the rest of the That's series. for next summer. <laughs> um, 
So Grandma's like, no, but, like, that is the reason. Like, we got to keep this place alive. Yeah. Because, like, there are dozens of preserves, but that in this, we learned that Fable Haven is even more special. Like, there is mm-hmm. something more to this place. And if it were to be overthrown by a demon, that would, you know, complicate things even more mm-hmm. and give even more opportunity for the society to come in. Mm-hmm. And get that artifact that they are dying for. Yes. So, yeah. So now it's like Grandma's like, okay, the crossbow's coming out. Like, she yeah. she is, like, prepping. She is ready to kill. Like, they're heading toward, like, they call um, Hugo, mm-hmm. and they start heading toward the Forgotten Chapel. And, like, she's got, like, a dart that will mortally wound. Um, Muriel. Like, Muriel. It's magic. Yeah. And, like, she is willing to do what it's what she has to do. Like, she said she was willing to forfeit her protections. Yeah, she's willing to take the consequences And leave. Of that. Like, she said she would have, probably have to leave yeah. Fable Haven. Because, because killing someone else on the preserve... Would, like... Like, on... Like, with no reason, would, like, forfeit her all of her protections. Like, with, as not as, like, self-defense. Yeah. Like, if she, like, shoots that... And, like, not on, like, neutral ground. Mm-hmm. I think if it's on, like, neutral ground... Yes. I believe it's so. fine. Like if it's not, if Muriel was were invading, but yeah, so like the protections would not cover her. Yeah, and like so, Grandma's like, like no, though I have to do what I must. Mm-hmm. And she's like, she is ready to send Seth and Kendra out, but no, they are both like, no, we are seeing this through. It is our fault. Yeah, we are going to help this out. Like I really like yes, Seth's determination to help out right here. He's like, no, we are doing this. Like we. He's like, I'm not going to let you go alone. And he also has kind of a funny thing that he says. He says, whatever you say, I'll follow you anyways. Like, that's such a Seth thing. He's like, I'm, you think I'm going to listen now? Like, Honestly, I love that. And then I love the fact that um, Grandma kind of seeds. Like, she's like, okay, fine. Um, and also Kendra it comes in as the voice of reason being like, if we're supposed to possibly inherit the, this place someday, you, wouldn't, you won't always be able to protect us. We need to have this good experience to watch you and Hugo handle. And Seth's like, field trip. And Grandma <laughs> just looks at them like, oh, you're growing up so fast. <laughs> Kendra's like, we need this field experience to <laughs> understand what it's like to future live in this preserve. Whereas Seth's just like, I just want to see the violence. Yeah. He's like, let's go fight monsters. <laughs> I want to see Hugo pound Muriel. Yeah. <laughs> but also the seriousness of like, he's like, I caused this mess. I need to help clean it up. Yeah. And so grandma even gets them like some more tools. They get them more of that like sparking salt that yeah. helped them out on the last. Old reliable the... salt. Yeah. And so, but they head out and they get there and they find out that Muriel is not only trying to free Bayamit, she is also creating her imp army. Like Muriel, Bayamit is imprisoned by all those knots. There's a lot more of them. Like I think there was like hundreds. There's a ton of knots yeah. between Muriel and him and so she's like using the knots to fulfill like wishes. She's making the imps bigger. Like she's human sized. Yeah, she uses them to like change grandpa and Lena into like Weird animals. animals yeah. and stuff. She's just using the magic to then slowly make her way to Bayamit. Mm-hmm. Which is really smart. Yeah. It's also... Also makes herself like, look young. I mean, if you weren't going to, like, get Bayamit out, but you still needed some magic, like, <laughs> could you just go use a couple Leave of the like knots? 20 like, knots. Like, it sounds like it's a whole room full of knots. Like, I feel like you could go use one or two of those in a, in a pinch. Mm-hmm. Just a thought. Yeah, okay. 
And of course, that's always like, oh, it just one not won't hurt. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> You know what I mean? Yes. <laughs> You're saying that doing one bad thing is going to, like, drag me down. For well, I'm just saying, <laughs> if you get that attitude, like, oh, one not, I just need, I just need Just a one more. <laughs> In all seriousness, like, she's now got an, a human-sized imp army, which, to remind you all of this, the fallen fairies, of which yes. the one that Seth, like, Seth accidentally did. And so, basically, this huge army is standing now between her and Grandma Kendra and Seth. Mm-hmm. But they still have the protections, so they are for the most part able. Like, and like Hugo's able to defend, like they manage to get through for the most part, and they do get the shot. Seth uses his salt, so he therefore performs magic by the protections, and then Grandma shoots her shot, but does not kill Muriel, only wounds her. Yeah. So she still has some protection. They can't kill her. Yeah. And so Seth and. Grandma are captured, but Kendra cannot be touched because she has not worked any magic since coming to Fablehaven. She has been, she has followed the rules, drew within the lines. Yep. And so she, like, Grandpa tells her, get out, run. Yeah, he's like, take my truck, ram it through the gate, and get out. Like, he's like, somebody's got to live, somebody's got to tell, like, the rest of, like, the magical community what has happened here. Yeah. Like, somebody's got to survive. And so... Kendra, in tears, just has to sprint. Yeah, she has to run away. Like, she has to abandon her family, run away, and is now faced with, like, the like night is falling. Yeah. It was, like, sunset when they got to the chapel. Yeah, it's getting dark, and she's alone. And, yeah, she's been, like, she's on this track that she's only been on once. And just, like, what am I supposed to do here? And, like, I can just imagine, like, just, like, I imagine it wouldn't even process for, like, hours at this point like just yeah. like the shot in a future hopefully future adaptation of mm-hmm. this book i feel like they could really like push down on like the emotions of this moment where she just has to like i could i imagine her like running down there's like dirt track it's getting dark and she's kind of like stops and is like oh i imagine a trip like a trip right there or she, she trips and falls yeah and just starts just like here's the echoes of like voices sobbing. of like her grandpa being like run get out of here or something mm-hmm. you know Something like that, just to feel like the emotion at this moment of like, she is completely alone in this world that she doesn't know how it works and she doesn't know what to do. She's hopeless. Yeah. Like her, like she expects now at this point, her family is going to die and family will be lost and she, there's nothing she can do about it. Mm -hmm. And so she almost gets back to the house eventually. Mm -hmm. Then she has an idea. That idea is to go and plead for the help of the fairy queen, who we know has a shrine in the island in the middle of the pond. Mm-hmm. And, and I really, so, I really do like the name of this chapter. It's called a desperate gamble. Desperate gamble. Like, because that's really what it is. It is. Yeah, like, it's a good. It's knows, a good name. She knows the only person that she knows of that has stepped on that island. Turned into literal dandelion fluff. He was deemed unworthy. His request was not sufficient. That is her only context for what this fairy queen does. Yeah. Also, the other fairies to her are not very nice. Mm-hmm. They turned her brother into a blubbering walrus. It's true. They are vain. She does they not are, have a lot to go off of. Like, she has no reason to think mm-hmm. this, but, she, but like the first part of the chapter says she is desperate. Yeah. There is no other creature or person on this preserve that can help her at this point. Mm-hmm. Hugo got turned into a lump of rock and stick. 
Yeah. Dale is a statue. Her family is captured. And that is everyone that she knows on this preserve. And she's like, the only thing I have left is the fairy queen. That's the only hope. Only possibility. And so she ends up going to the pond with the with the island. She manages to get into the boathouse that was built by Patton Burgess, who's lured, lured is bad word, who drew Lena from the pond with his love. So she gets into the boathouse that was built by Patton Burgess, um, Lena's husband from all those years ago. Yes. And they and she, with no little um, effort, because of the attacking naiads, manages to get to the center of the island. Or like she's she's got her boat up on the edge. A paddle boat, by the a way. A paddle boat. Yeah. That's she's a slowly. I don't know if you've ever been on one of those, but those are not. hard to move. Like are they there? you have to paddle a ton to make any headway. Oh gosh! And imagine having like f- fifteen to twenty water creatures underneath you, pushing you around. Trying to flip you out of the boat, capsize you. Exactly. To kill you. Yeah. But so she manages, and mostly because I think the Naiads are just trying to mess with her. Like yeah. they just let her go. Like they're like, oh, let's just see. And so they let her get to the center of the island or the center of the lake to the island. <coughs> and I love like the moment, like right before she jumps out, like she barely has any time because she's like thinking at any second the Naiads could push her away. So she yeah. just has to jump out of the boat onto the island. And, like, she's just got, like, this second where she just, like, breathes. And then she's like, I didn't turn it to dandelion (laughs) fluff. Like, that was obstacle number three. (laughs) I was thinking more 50, but okay. Yeah. But, yeah, and so, yeah, so she manages to talk to the fairy queen. And I really like the conversation that they have. Mm -hmm. It's really short, but mm -hmm. it's not even a conversation. It's more, like, feelings and, like. Like, like emotions, yeah. She, this she, is her final. This breakdown. is where she like breaks down. But like, I mean, when like when the fairy queen like mm-hmm. talks to her, it's more through like impressions and like like things that she like sees in her mind and stuff, which is really interesting. Yeah, especially because okay, slight spoiler here. This is spoiler through book five of Fablehaven, and a little bit through the and uh, a little bit of Dragon Watch. So yeah. if you haven't read through book five of Fablehaven, skip. Everyone, this is Megan editing this edit, editing this episode. If you want to skip spoilers, go to minute twenty four, and you should be good. Also, sorry for this terrible mic quality. <laughs> I think this is important for those who have read Fablehaven. Okay, like, yeah. Spoiler warning. Yes. Spoiler in five, four, <laughs> three, two, two, one. We do know that the the fairy queen knows what it's like to lose family. At this point, Bracken has been imprisoned. For who knows how long, and she doesn't know what happened to him. And her husband, the fairy king, has been imprisoned for even longer. Like, she knows what That's it's like true. to lose family, but on an immortal scale. Man, I haven't thought about that. So, um, yeah, so I just love how, like, she, like, she actually, like, you don't realize this until the fifth book, but she does feel this pain. That's true. I've never thought of that before. It's a good point, too. Like, she knows what it's like to lose, like, her family. And, and I mean, she's still, like, in later books, she's still mourning the loss of her husband. That's why she, like, banished the, the Astrid's and everything. Yeah. Like, Kendra has this, like, cleansing tears where she's, like, like she needed the release to stop. Like, Is this like, the end she, of the spoiler? Yeah. No. Well, I guess. Um, yeah, I think we can say we're done now. Okay. End of spoiler. Yeah. You can come back now. <laughs> Yeah, it's like the tears she had shed were of shock, 
And then the tears she sheds on the island were of realization. Mm. And like she's just like begging, like, please help me. That's a good like that, that was not me. That was Brandon. That was that, that was, was that was great. I feel like if you've ever like had like moments where you're just like really sad, like mm-hmm. if you've ever like lost a family member or like something like that, or like some time where you're really just sad or like you just have this complete breakdown, I feel like that really like speaks to like mm-hmm. what that feels like. Yeah, we got deeper there. So this little tiny statue of a fairy that is the shrine is starts crying as well. And, like, literally, the fairy queen says two lines. I accept your offering and join you in weeping. From tears, milk, and blood, devise an elixir, and my handmaidens will attend you. So a little riddle on that last bit. Last bit. But I really like that, like, the fairy queen does join her in weeping. Like, it's just, like, yeah, she, she has more. empathy. Empathy, exactly. Which is interesting when all she knows about her is that she's a fairy queen who is, mm-hmm. like, powerful and basically, like, a deity, kind mm-hmm. of. And, you know, just to get that little bit of communication. It's kind of mm-hmm. interesting. And then, like, the presence that Kendra feels just leaves. Yeah. And Kendra's like, wait, what? <laughs> She's like, like, that's all you give me? <laughs> like, I just poured my heart out Like, to you, you could have just, like, whoa, like, waved your hand and, like... Flapped your wings. You know, put a little fairy dust... I mean, she does give her the recipe for success. <laughs> you like that one. I did like that one. I don't know. Why. I came up with that on the spot. Oh, You're welcome. Oh, gosh. That was great. Um, so, like, so, yeah. So, the tears from this little statue go into this bowl. And so, tears, milk, and blood. So, she's like, okay, let's go get the milk from Viola. And then she's like, blood? Both. Both. Both, Both is good. Cover all our bases. <laughs> Cover all the bases. So, yeah, so she manages to complete the task um, while also causing a little mischief with Mendigo, uh, Muriel's oh, puppet yeah. that is sent to kidnap the A Kendra. creepy giant puppet. <laughs> yeah. Kendra goes, well, if I do this elix- elixir thing, will I be doing magic? Will that then make it so the cu- puppet can kidnap me? Yeah. So she's like, okay, let's mess with him a little bit. She takes his arms off the hooks, which is like it's a life-size puppet. But yeah. I think we might have mentioned it, like, the first one. I don't know. I don't know. And, like, our first... Well, he wasn't life-size, and then she made him life-size. Yeah, she's not life He is not. He's, like, he's like a... Yeah. He's, like, kind of like Hugo. Mm-hmm. He but takes orders. A puppet. But yeah. a puppet. A, a, a Hugo puppet. <laughs> I have never tried to imagine what Mendigo looks like, but you know how Pinocchio looks like in Shrek? That's what I picture. <laughs> Like a life size, I'm just but not like my not head. like Pinocchio in like the Disney movie, but like Shrek Pinocchio. I don't know if I do Shrek Pinocchio. I don't know why, but that's what it looks like, like to me. I just I like know. long, like wood, like just like just like sticks, and like it's a like face. just like a stick man. Yeah. How do you guys picture hat. Mendigo? M- Mendigo. Sorry, I say Mendigo. Mendigo. I say, I I say Mendigo. 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 Over the hill Mendigo. Go. <laughs> Mendigo. Mendigo. That's what that's what I always say. Mendigo. Is that the audiobook says it. Am I right for once? Mendigo. Yeah, that's what I said. Mendigo. Oh, you were saying Mendigo a second ago. It depends on if I'm trying to talk fast or something. Whatever. Okay. Anyways, move on. When the puppet throws its arms in the lake and goes, ha ha. Neener, neener, neener. <laughs> in which in in which causes Men- Mendigo trying to get his arms back to get yanked underneath. And Kendra's like, boom! Yeah, <laughs> that is a problem that has been dealt with. <laughs> <laughs> like seriously, like she just like she's like you can't touch me. Nah, 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 nah. Oh, then he does, and then she gets him uh-huh. like pulled into the the pond by the naiads. Yeah. 
honestly, point for Kendra. She's like, all right, yeah, I know. That was kind of smart. Yeah, but then so she runs over to the house. She gets the blood. She gets the... Um, the milk. The milk. And, and then she's like, fairies, fairies, uh, the handmaidens, right? That's gotta be it. Fairies, she's like, fairies. Come drink this, like, weird, gross, substance. like, pink-looking liquid <laughs> that I have. She's like, it's, it's from your queen, right? You, you like that, right? Yeah, and they're like, uh. Like, I think they start, like, gathering, but yeah, none of them, the like, they go up and, like, peek in the bowl. And then they fly off and gather some more. Yeah, but, like, none peek. of them are, like, drinking it. And she's like, oh, crap, how do I make them do this? And then, like, and then this dark presence is, like, felt over the entire preserve. and Kendra, Oh, yeah. And this is, it's, like, right here because Kendra now knows, like, crap. We're out. Like, I think this is like right before sunrise. Albamit has been freed. Well, so, I and like I picture like wind, f- like going through like the like, the, just, like, the chill. like I feel like there's like a somewhere in like some movie or something where they like they open like this dark evil cavern or something and like wind comes out. I don't I'm know. I'm like imagining like a shockwave that comes from like a big sound like sound like it just like so like as it's like freed it just like the present just like expands in like a mm. shockwave. And so, but like, and so all the fairies scatter, and Kara's like, no, like, because she knows now, like, bam, it's out. We gotta go like, now. Yeah, it's it's happening now. And so she's like, she does the one thing she can try, she can think of. She she gives the example. So she puts her finger in the milk, ish milk blood elixir, <laughs> milk blood tears thing, tears, and she puts it in her mouth. And she's like, it's, mm. the, it's the one thing she can think of. Yeah, she's like, I'll have to try it for myself. Like she's like, ooh, mm, good. Like, Come and have like, some. And so a fairy copies her, and boom, warrior goddess. Amazon warrior. <laughs> With wings. Yes. Kendra, basically, basically, this is what Elixir does. She realizes, turns the tiny fairies into the fairy version of the imp, imp soldiers from for, that Muriel has. Like, ready for war. Yes. Yeah. And fairies. so, like, these fairies are like, well... Let's do it. Let's do this. (laughs) Let's do this thing. And so I really like that they immediately turn to Kendra and they're like, what are your orders? Like all of them go like swarm the bowl. They all turn into their um, giant goddess Amazon warrior selves. And they're like, all right, our queen has commanded that you, we follow your orders. What do you want? She's gone from like tiny insignificant human to like general on the field of battle. (laughs) Kendra's just like, like, help Dale? "Uh, Can you bring Dale back? No problem. <laughs> we got this. Imagine being Dale. So Dale, Dale he like wakes so up. So just like <laughs> just to remind y'all, Dale has like been a petrified statue in the middle of the lawn since <coughs> Midsummer's Eve. He he does like probably, two days or yeah, something. two days or something. And so suddenly he is revived to see him. He is surrounded by giant fairies. Angels, like yeah. Imagine what this must look like. Like seriously, this guy is just like. Uh, I don't get paid enough. <laughs> I, I'm actually curious to see how we're, like what does like, he react. Here he's probably he's, oh, he's just like a, now oh, I've on. seen everything. Come on, it could be better. Like they crouch over Dale, place their hands on him, and help him to his feet. He regarded Kendra with befuddled befuddled wonder, patting himself as a surprise he was intact. What's going on? He asked. Where stand? Uh, yeah, yeah, that's it. Okay, well, are you surprised? It's it's, it's Dale. Dale. I know, but I can, I <laughs> He's like, like the most low key character. I mean, if he had said like, "Am I dreaming?" Like that I know, yeah, there was a good moment <laughs> that like there there's like a missed opportunity. Like he could have said something like I don't know, be like, "Oh, this is the moment of my dreams." <laughs> <laughs> 
you can cut this, but I, I, I imagine that's what Warren would say. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. I am trying to like, <laughs> that is what Warren would say. He'd be like, well, hello there, ladies. <laughs> oh. <laughs> He'd be I like, am I, is this a dream or am I awake in paradise? Like. <laughs> That is true. <laughs> that would totally be Warren. That's Dale's true. Like, Dale's just like, where's Stan? Like, a faithful, what, a loyal friend. To what the work end. do I need to go perform? <laughs> <laughs> what I task think, is there for me to do? The sad thing is nothing. It's true. He just kind of chills there. <laughs> he doesn't even get to come to the battle. Like, <laughs> I love it. Like, Kendra, like they ask for her will, and they're like, let's go. And she's like, okay. And the fairies are like, let's go. It's also kind of funny because, like, Dale literally just got changed back into a human, and then he's like, wait, what is going on? And then Kendra's like, bye, Dale. <laughs> See you later. Demon he's is like, also free, by the way. Have fun storming the castle. <laughs> I think they can do it. <laughs> You're not going to complete the quote. I don't remember. <laughs> It would take a miracle. It would take a miracle. Bye! Bye, boys! I just love that they ditch him. It just makes me happy. (laughs) He's just like, what do I do now? I can imagine he's like, I'm going to go put the house back together. He's just like, I'm hungry. I'm going to make myself a sandwich or something. (laughs) I wonder what Dale does. This is is my question in like every single book. What does Dale do? What does Dale do when everyone else is off saving the world? If they ever make he goes to the Eastern, if they ever make it like a TV show, there better be like a short series or like ten minute episodes, daily and it's Dale. like the Daily, daily Dale, Dale, the Daily Adventures of Dale, like I mean, what he did. <laughs> Like, yeah, he's got to go to the eastern hayfield and, like, gather up all the stuff and bring it back, but how many monsters has he had to fight on the way? Yeah. Just, what is Dale doing? Maybe he went to go check on Warren. Yeah. That that maybe is what he's doing. They do mention Warren in this book. Yeah, they do. Because Grandma's like, have you met Warren? And they're like, Uh, Albino? What? (laughs) Who is that? That's for the next book. (laughs) (laughs) To be continued. I really like, like, you really see a lot of seeding, right? As we lead up to this climax, he seeds a lot of, like, future. Yeah, rereading this first book. Society of the Evening Star, Warren, Patton Burgess. Burgess. There's so much here that I'm like, wait, this was in the first book? Oh, yeah, it's very self-contained. You stay on family, but no. No, you, like, are set up for the rest of the series, Mm -hmm. which is crazy. Well, continuing on. Kendra goes on a flight with all yes. her immortal, like her mortal goddess fairies. Yes. And they land outside. And so um, Muriel, we find out, has recruited some more help. Like, I think a minotaur, goblin with a lot of knives. There's a weird, like, Octopus sea bear, octobear? Octobear. Yeah, octobear. It was octobear. <laughs> I had not noticed that until this rereading of it. And I was know. like, octobear? Since when is there a, like, what the heck is that? <laughs> Do you imagine? Okay. This is an important question. Is it, like, the top of a bear and, like, octopus tentacles? Or, like, I think an octopus with some tentacles and then feet of a bear? I think, I think the first one is bear, makes more sense. I think bear, bear on top. Body, yeah. Like, b- bear, like, head and, like, body, but, like, the arms and legs are tentacles. Interesting. I was thinking, like, it has its front paws and then it's like feet are like tentacles. Does it describe it at all? No, I don't think so. I think it just says octobear. A rampaging atrocity that looks like a cross between a bear and an octopus battered fairies with its thrashing tentacles. I don't know. I think it has tentacle arms, but I could be wrong. I don't know. 
I've never Brandon thought Mold, what of... were you imagining when you said <laughs> yeah. October? Can you, like, paint us a picture or something? I want to, I want to know. This is, like, an important question. Yeah, what was it? Why was it that? Where was the illustration I right wonder there. if Brandon Dorman even realized there was an Octobear in this. Like, there's, I feel like there's not, like, any, like, illustrations. Like, I'm, like, flipping through, like, towards the end. Like, ever since I am Gma. I, you wait, should, no, okay. No, they've got the illustration of the Forgotten Chapel. If you do, you should do, like, a full... Like Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them book oh. version of all of the things of Fable well, Haven. Well, is that Caretaker's Guide to Fable Haven? Yeah, but it doesn't have an octobear as far as I know. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, so continuing on. So Octobear is fighting back <laughs> along with the rampaging dwarf. Um, a lot of things. And also... um. This, uh, oh, the creepy, oh, the creepy spectral lady. The lady with the, yeah. The one that kind of, like, the entranced dark. Kendra for Yeah, she saw through the window on Midsummer during... Night. Yeah. Yeah. She's so there, that too. That thing's there, just, like, hanging out with Muriel and Bayamet. Yeah. So, like, after the fairies manage to take down all of the, they take down all of the um, creatures. And also, what I like the most is that they get to transform the imps back. Yeah. That is a really cool thing because... Before this, imps were never, ever changed back into fairies. Like it, it was, was like it was a permanent, fall. Um, permanent fall. Yeah, the imps were irredeemable. Like they were, they had fallen. Yeah, they were, they were not to be. They could not be helped, and that's why they were like shunned. Yeah, because like they were just permanently ugly, hideous, and they were just wallowing in their own self pity and because hatred. They knew it was permanent. They knew yeah. that they were forever cursed, and like because they were mortals as well. and their vanity. Well. Yeah, they're immortally like this, but now, like because of this, like special, like power up that the yeah, gives, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which makes me wonder when you why say power she... up. I think like Super Mario, like sixty four or something. You like like the exactly. You get the superpower that no one else has. The anyway. bullet. <laughs> the bullet. Oh gosh. No, but yeah. So um, yeah. Um, they get to transform the imps back, which I mean, kind of makes me think, why can't the queen do that all the time? Just wondering. But I mean, yeah. And also, like, could you have done that like for long enough time so that they could have gone to every preserve and saved every imp? But I guess yeah, that not. makes me wonder how many imps in the world there are. So yeah, they get to transform, and so we've like doubled our ranks at this point. Yeah. And eliminated all enemies. Like all of the creatures are gone, and now we just have this huge thing of fairies. And but that's when Bam emerges. Who is described as? Yeah, you to... you have to read that because okay. whenever I think of Bayamet, I never actually know what he's supposed to look like okay. unless I read it. Um, well, first they do free the rest of the family. Yeah. So, um, Grandpa got changed to an orangutan. Mm-hmm. Seth got fittingly put into <laughs> a large jar and transformed into an old, ugly man. Old guy. <laughs> um, Lena was turned into a fish again appropriately. He's now her older brother. <laughs> Thanks for the pity laugh. Yeah, that was even a laugh. It's like a, like a breath out. Like, why do you do this? And then grandma, because I think Muriel was very bitter, um, turned grandma into a slug. And side note, really nice moment for Seth here, the uh, fairy that he yes um, hurt unintentionally mm-hmm. that he caused to turn into an yes um, is there yes gets turned back into a fairy and is there and like Seth gets to apologize. Mm-hmm. And, like, the fairy is the one who does heal him. Like, the one yeah. he hurt was the one who helped him. Changes him I back. Really like. That's a good moment, yeah. He gets to like, see... 
well, his his mistakes be be fixed. The funny, the interesting thing is, like that imp had about had attacked Kendra, but then one of the fairies had caught her kiss. Okay, so they tran- they, they heal Oh my the gosh! Imps the yes, they the heal him with a kiss on the lips. It doesn't. They're ladies. Cooties, whatever. <laughs> and so, um, and then um, so that healed the healed the healed the fairy, the imp, and Seth gets freed by that same and like, she actually gives him a kiss on the forehead to heal him. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Seth's gonna be like, ooh. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, this is Seth's dream. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so yeah, so um Seth gets healed. Um grandma and grandpa get um but then bam it comes out. And so here we go. Quote An ear splitting roar shook the room. A creature who who could only have been Bayomet emerged from the alcove. And this is the basement, by the way. The uh, the loathsome demon Stood three times as tall as a man. High ceilings. I swear <laughs> that's <personally>. true. Actually, <laughs> that's a big basement. <laughs> Had the head of a dragon crowned by three horns. The demon walked upright, possessing three arms, three legs, and three tails. Oily black scales, bristling with barbed spikes, covered its grotesque body. Malevolent eyes gleamed with wicked intelligence. To one side of Bayamet floated the spectral woman Kendra had seen outside her window on Midsummer Eve. Her ebony wrappers, f- her ebony wrappings flowed unnaturally, as if she were underwater. The unearthly apparition made Kendra think of a negative photograph. She's a dementor. <laughs> 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 when you said that, I was like, I picture a dementor, but like an actual person. Okay, I like the robes, the floating like... robes. <laughs> It was a joke. Galadriel, <laughs> when she's doing like her, all shall bow before the queen. Fair. <laughs> like with like like the, like the hair floating, the robes yes. going off. And then, at the other side of Bayamet stood Muriel, now clad in a gl- in a gown as black as midnight and looking beautiful. It doesn't say that, but she's like young and pretty now. She yeah. leered she's at the also fairies. Vain. She leered at the fairies and glanced confidently at the towering demon. No imps remained in the room. Crowd of shining fairies face these fine opponents. Way to set the stage, Brandon Mole. Like, that was a good stage. Yeah. <laughs> I would like to see it on the screen now. <laughs> yeah. Please and thank you. And so, yeah. So, Bayomet tries to like engulf this entire place in blackness. Yeah. But the fairies, I love the, I love the fairy response to this. So, it's dark, and so, but they don't even choose to use their own light. What they do is they just literally rip the chapel off the basement <laughs> and it's like let the light in <laughs> like Nothing why like natural light <laughs> yeah like why use their their own light that will spend energy or like when yeah. you have the little sunlight he can't yeah. darken the entire world he's not exactly. that powerful yeah and she, they know he's that he's just one demon like and so i like i like that kind of thing like in that moment everything seemed so dark and like so hopeless black as night mm-hmm. but all it really really got to do is step outside and you realize like that darkness is so localized. Is so it's only powerful if you if you remain in it. If you remain, ooh, I like that. Yeah. If you remain in it, yeah, I like that. Like dry, darkness thrives in corners, in bait, in like in like little tiny areas where the light doesn't reach. Darkness feed, darkness feeds off itself, mm-hmm. and so you have to fight back. But at the same time, a single candle can hold off the dark. 
There's a Dumbledore quote in here. <laughs> Darkness. Happiness can be found even yes. in the darkest of times if one only remembers to, to turn, turn on the light. light. We gotta get the full thing in there. there I, had that, I had that in my phone case for like, actually it was my nice. freshman year before it went flying oh. off the roller coaster. <laughs> it was that phone that case. if you want. <laughs> no, you can keep it. Okay. There's a story and maybe if you ask, she will tell that story. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> maybe there's something to be learned there. <laughs> Don't keep your phone in your pocket on roller coasters. On your back pocket, yes. <laughs> All right. So, yeah. So they, like, literally, like, just cast the top of the chapel off, and boom, daylight. You don't got no power here. And so they just start attacking Bayamut. And, of course, all the humans, they're like, we're going to we're gonna let the fairies take care of this. Like, <laughs> you you got this. <laughs> like, Kendra's like, I did my part. Y'all, y'all got this now. That's true. And so, and, like, the fairies do it, because, like, and so um, Muriel does some stuff. Um, bad, uh, bad lady with Dementor powers does some stuff. Yes. Um, Bayamut is starting to kill, uh, kill a bunch of them. But I really like that they end up... So, they but they start losing. The bad guys start losing, as they yeah. always do. And, um, yeah, so they managed just to get Muriel and Bayamut, um, like And I'm, I'm thinking, if it took Muriel, like, 24 hours just to loose all of those knots that initially, tra- uh, like, trapped Bayamut... Mm-hmm. How many do you think they wrapped them in this time? Because, like, they wrapped them up, like... I don't know. <laughs> um, like, they had, like... Each fairy, I think, had a rope with knots in it. Starts circling, ties them up together, throws them back into the alcove, and starts crisscrossing and, like, spiderwebbing across the alcove. Yeah. And I imagine, like, for, like, super deep as well. Like, I mean, I like that they explain, like, I think later on Fablehaven, like, yes, they could have imprisoned them forever and, like, thrown away, like... But, like, the problem is you can't just make the lock and throw away the key. The key has to exist in order for the lock to maintain its power. So there has to be that huh, loophole. Aha! <laughs> uh-huh. it's nuts! <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> You're the one giving me the pity laugh. And so, um, but, yeah, so, like, so they have to give some way for them to get free eventually, but they can make it yes. very, 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 very difficult to do so. So they manage to get Bayamut, Muriel, they're trapped, and then they bury the entire hillside. So if you got to get to them, you got to dig. you got to dig a little deeper <laughs> to get to Bayamut. Don't, don't, don't dig deeper. <laughs> yeah, you do not want to dig deeper. And I'm like, imagine being Muriel, though. Like, She's like, I'm stuck here <laughs> in the dark <laughs> with a demon. <laughs> She's like, well... This did not go according to plan. <laughs> like she gets turned back into a shrivelly old witch self. Yeah. And so then they fly them all back. But there's one person they don't take back to the house. Which is sad. So it makes sense. So they've been what they've been doing is they've been turning all these fallen fairies, imps, to their foreigner states. Yes. And, and so there's one more fallen magical creature. creature. And that is Lena. Kendra sees the fairies taking Lena against her will, basically. Like she's like back saying, no, to the no, pond. No, no, don't do yeah, this. she's like screaming and like trying to like get out of their grip, but they restore her to the pond as a naiad, which is actually like crazy. Like, like the, this is like it's not of. supposed to like like imps not being able to turn back into fairies. Once she left the pond, she wasn't ever supposed to be able to become a naiad again. So that's actually kind of bonkers that, like, mm-hmm. the fairy queen has that power. <laughs> and I also really like that, like, the fairies think they are doing her a favor. Yeah. They think she has, like, it's like, 
it's like a parent like taking away the kid's phone or like forbidding mm-hmm. them from going to a party, even though they know that like even though the kid really wants to go and they think it'd be the best thing for them. Yeah. They're like, no, you are mortal. You fell. You don't know what's best for you. It's like it's like. Because, like, the imps, once they fell, like, they kind of became evil. Like, they were attacking mm-hmm. Kendra and all that jazz. Yeah. But, like, and so, like, they're like, no, we know you're not thinking clearly, so we're going to do, we're going to help you. We're going to do what's best for you. What we, they felt What they best think is her, best for her. And they take her back to the pond. Yeah. And it's really interesting to see, because Kendra, later on, she's returning the bowl that she took from the fairy queen's mm-hmm. shrine. And she's like, I want to talk to Lena. And Lena... Does is not the same. It's not Lena anymore. It's not, not really. Anymore, which I think is so interesting. Yeah. Like she cra- she crossed back through that like that veil. She said like the only thing that drew her from the pond was Patton. Mm-hmm. That's what brought her out of it because she loved him. That's what pierced that like veil of um oh I like killing of humans. reality basically. Yeah. She that's what made her like start to tell time. Yeah. Like before it was just like this immortal like playful state in this pond where that like that that was her entire war- world. Patton is what made her start to reckon time, realize, oh, I'm waiting for him. This much time has passed since his visits, and I want him to come back. Now she's just back in that and she has she's back to square one. So it's like she crossed the boundaries from immortality to mortality because of love. Mm-hmm. What you're saying. Yeah. That's what managed to pierce that apathy. Yeah. I think it's a good word for it, apathy. Indifference. Indifference, that timelessness. Because she began to have something that she wanted to keep track of. But timelessness, but also changelessness, like Mm -hmm. unchanging, but not always in the best way. Yeah, Patton is what changed her. And without Patton, like, yeah, she loved Kendra and, like, the rest of the Sorensen family. Yeah. It's not the same, though. But it wasn't the same. especially it's not, like, as, it's not as deep. Yeah. Like, she has gone through this huge change. Like, it is just yeah. disorienting. Like, she does not recognize Kendra. She does not interact with her. Except to try to kill her again because mm-hmm. Kendra got too close, but Grandpa saved her. Because it's, it's what's in her nature again. It's, and she has gone back to square one. Yeah. She's averted back to mm-hmm. her to her nature. And it's honestly, like, it, it breaks Kendra's heart. Like, she's like, I didn't want this. Kendra knew that, like... Yeah, Lena was sad about certain things about mortality. Yeah. But she had accepted it as her choice. And she said, she was like, it was worth it to have those years with Patton. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, she's like, and like, so it's like almost like having the living reminder constantly of having her friend's wishes violated. Like, it's, it's really like a violation for Lena. Yeah. Like her body, her mind was changed against her will. Yeah, but the fairies don't see it that way. They yes, see they it as see it Patton that. convinced her to leave, and that mm-hmm. was... They, she, they probably think that that, that, that was, was against her will, they, that she was, like, tricked into leaving, and that, that, because, that they were restoring her to her nature as a naiad. That's what they see it, because they are so magical creatures, and they don't especially have... Especially because Lena doesn't doesn't leave. When she gets back, she's like, she's yeah, happy. Yeah, they don't have that mortal viewpoint, and so... And it's, like... It's interesting. It's so sad. Like, it just... It, it is sad. Yeah. But, yeah. So, I think that's a good, like, little finish to our, like, because I feel like we've talked a lot about it, like, the past yeah, few we have. episodes about Lena and her mortality and how she felt about mortality. Yeah, mortality versus immortality and, like, her choice to leave immortality for mortality. And with that choice came the consequences of it. That she had accepted. That she had accepted. She had not yeah. loved. 
Like yeah. She was not, she didn't like the fact that she was growing old. Like, she yeah. resented it a little bit. But that didn't come close to what, like, how much she loved the experiences that she had had. Mm-hmm. And so, like, it's just, yeah. Mm-hmm. I liked what you were talking about earlier, going back to, like, the light versus darkness. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's a big theme throughout all of the books. And I'm excited to explore that more. But I kind of, I like how it's, like, the fairies using not their own light because they themselves don't really have light per se because their nature is very vain and very self like like conceited but like they use the light around them to like fight against the darkness i think that's interesting and i feel also like during this time that they were big they were they had a different mindset yes yes they were not just the vain, like, they were, like, okay, um, another, like, like, so, Tinkerbell in the movie Hook, she is, like, she admits she's had feelings for Peter for, like, the almost the entire time, and she says, like, she, at, towards the end, she, like, transforms herself into, like, a human-sized Tinkerbell, and she says, this is the biggest feeling I've ever had, and this is the first time I've ever been big enough to feel it, which I really like, like, before this, she just has not been capable of, like, really understanding and feeling that love. But, like, now she's, like, she feels it, and she's like, oh, my gosh, and which makes it even worse when Peter rejects her because she's, he already has a wife in this story. Like, he fell in love with Moira, Wendy's I've never seen It's Hook. a good movie. <laughs> but um, I really like that. Like, I've been, I'm now big enough to feel this, and I feel like that's the kind of same thing with the fairies. Like, they had that empathy. Like, that fairy that had been transformed into an imp had the empathy and, and understanding to forgive Seth and heal him. Like, at some point, it was also, like, the orders of the fairy queen. But I feel like their change made them capable of feeling in ways they hadn't before. I agree that, yeah, now that they're bigger, I feel like they're able, they're more capable of doing things bigger than themselves. Mm -hmm. It wasn't meant to be a joke! (laughs) It was good. Uh, Okay, what I was saying... Is that, yeah, they're following the orders of the fairy queen, but they did that. They were going to do that as, like, little fairies, too. Mm-hmm. But it's more like they're, like you said, they're more capable of doing something. And so, I don't know. I just think it's interesting that as they got bigger, it changed not necessarily their nature, but, like, their ability to mm-hmm. do something. Which is interesting. Yeah. I, I feel like especially, like, and maybe it was still part of the very, very vanity, like, like, even as they were tall and, like, strong, they were beautiful. Yeah. And, like, they saw this as an opportunity to kind of maybe even, like, prove it. Like, to remove this threat to their... Yeah. To their... To themselves. Yeah. So, maybe not... Like, they're supposed... They are the good guys, but at the same time, I feel like it's interesting exploring why did they do it. Did they do it to save Fablehaven? Did they do it because their queen commanded it? Did they do it because Kendra asked... And Kendra brought them this gift of being able to... Do they do it to heal their sisters of the, the imps? I think they did it because their queen asked them to and because they know that when they take this form that they're going to battle, basically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, this is their, like, their, like fighting form, basically. Mm-hmm. And so, I don't know. Their That's kind of what I think, yeah. yeah. Interesting. Yeah, so I, I just really like that, like, that imagery of them, like, going as, like, the avenging... Yeah, like, 
I think angels. I think since they're bigger and like they they are more capable of like thinking for themselves, but I still feel like because they don't stay big, like they go back to like their small selves that they're still not like capable of thinking in the same way that like mortals are or like someone like yeah, cause, like they still other characters are. Yeah. They still they're, have they're that still immortal... more like taking orders, mm-hmm. but they're more capable. They still have that immortal mindset, but I still f- I feel like this does bring them a little bit closer to humanity. Just yeah. To, like, for with a bit. them healing their sisters and like doing as much as they can to like to keep Bayamut imprisoned. I feel like the regular like little baby fairies wouldn't do that as much, but no. it's it's interesting. It is interesting. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. I hadn't thought about that before. Like what was the what what mentality did the fairies have when they went to war? I think it's different than when they were small, but they're still they're magical still creatures that are magical and mortal vain creatures. Yeah, they don't they don't mortal. think the same as mortals, so Well, fascinating. Interesting. Fascinating conversation there. So anyway. All right, so Lena's back in the pond. The fairies turn back into little fairies by giving Kendra kisses on her faces and like Kendra eventually like passes out for I think three days oh but it is cute that like grandpa is like ah grandma's back she's like I hear you were eating my eggs and he's like um you were a chicken and he has to try like weave his way out of this awkward situation still more in the fridge yeah he used to try and weave his way after out of this awkward situation I really don't know they're they're a cute couple yeah it was cute and so, yeah, so they end up, like, their, uh, Seth and Kendra's parents come back to pick them up. And it's just, like, <laughs> and they're like, have any fun? Like, <laughs> no. It was a normal trip, boring. mom and dad. This is boring. We just spent our time swimming in the pool, looking at the flowers. Like, imagine having Saving to go home everybody's after lives. That. Like, just having to go home after that and just, like, being like, I can't even imagine, like, what I would feel like after their experience in Fablehaven, that normal life would feel, like, not like reality. Mm-hmm. Because they've seen something that is a lot more real, a lot more dangerous, and a lot more intense. That normal life at school and home and whatever would not feel real. <laughs> yeah. I just found, like, the last two lines of the book. Um, or, I guess, like, the last... Like a few paragraphs. Seth and Kendra hugged their grandparents goodbye and then climbed into the SUV. Grandpa winked at Kendra. Dad started the engine. You got you kids have a good time? Yeah, Seth said. Amazing, Kendra added. <laughs> Remember how worried you were but when we dropped you off? Mom said as she buckled in her seatbelt. I bet it wasn't half as scary as you imagined. <laughs> and then best part, Kendra and Seth shared a very special look. Like and I, I can yeah. just imagine it like they're just like I think it's more like they're kind of laughing because just laughing but also like <laughs> like you have no idea kind of thing oh that's interesting I interpret it as more of a negative look where you interpret it as more of a positive look yeah I, th- I think of it more as like a kind of like when something like happens to you but like afterwards you could just kind of laugh about it I don't think you could laugh well, I don't mean like laugh, but it's kind of like Kendra's a coping mechanism. It's a it's a coping mechanism, Je- Jessica. It's like, uh, Seth has had like yeah, a, huge, a ton of guilt trips. Kendra well, okay. lost one of her best it's friends. It's kind of fun, Lena. like the fact that he says, you know, it wasn't half as scary as you thought it would be, and there's like, uh, yeah, nope. <laughs> I think it's more of a, uh, like, are you sure about that? Like, I just think of it more like. I don't know. I just kind of think of them kind of like looking at each other and just like kind of they know how ridiculous 
that sentence is that they just kind of laugh. I, I like, I never realized that some people could like interpret that so differently. I like that it's left open a very special look. And See, so and we, I never really, because, yeah, they almost died and everyone almost died, but it was also like an adventure. So. To them, Lena did die. Seth Axe almost died. I, I mean, I just I, said, yes, they almost died, but they lived and survived, and Seth is an adventurer, and he thrives off of this kind of stuff. I don't think Ken, mm, I think maybe Seth might have been smiling a little bit, whereas Kendra, I think, See, and I don't I know. I think it might be more of a grimace. It's also might just be, like, a sibling thing, where, like, you go through something with your siblings that your parents don't know about, but you, like, did it together, and then you just kind of, like, have this knowing look of, like, we did something that you guys don't know about. Or you just like, kind of smile. Like we You broke, know what I mean, right? We broke your favorite vase, but we managed to glue it back together and hide it before you got home. Exactly. Something like that. Or like you went, on, you went and did this thing that your parents don't know about. I'm not saying, mom and dad, that I did anything. Cover our bases. We have no experience whatsoever. I am thinking mom. of what it, Anyway. <laughs> I'm not lying here. There's nothing that I'm hiding. <laughs> don't give me that look. <laughs> What are you hiding? <laughs> Nothing really comes to mind, to be honest. <laughs> I don't know. You're up People that know us everybody. know that we are very not risk takers. So. <laughs> anyway, mm-hmm. I don't know. I just feel like it'd be kind of something that they just kind of like, kind of look at each other and be like, like you have no idea. <laughs> oh, interesting. Interesting. Like, why would you want to end it on a sad note? Like, <laughs> Because Lena died! She's oh, no. not actually dead, though! To Kendra, she is. Okay, but she doesn't actually say that. You're putting your thing on the character. I, no, in this, like, in this last chapter, like, Kendra is, like, like, she's hesitating. I know she's, like, like sad, but, she like... She hesitated to bring this painting of the pond. The image stirs painful memories. Okay, but I don't Many see... of her experiences her here had been dreadful. She and her family had nearly been killed, and she had lost a new friend when Lena was returned to, from, to the pond. This is directly from that last chapter. Okay. I hear you, and I hear okay. that. But listen, this is why I think it could be, like... It's almost like a release of, like, the stress that they've been feeling. But also, Kendra as a character, I don't see her as being a person who sees, has, who has, like, a negative outlook on life and doesn't only focus on the bad things. Even though she goes through a ton of crap. And maybe later in her character arc, she gets a little more, you know, depressed and stuff. But I would say in the beginning, like, in these first few books, she tries to look at the positive and tries to focus, you know, on, like, better things, maybe. And so, even though she has to deal with all of that bad stuff that happened, I still feel like she would try and be, you know, happy that they're not dead. They survived. And now they're, like, going back home to normal. I don't know. Mm. That's how I see it. Okay. I see where you come from. Okay. I'm going to agree 100%. Okay. I think, I think both of our points have merit, and I think it really just depends on how we interpret these characters and their mindsets at this point. That's fair. I just don't think it would end on a sad note. Fair enough. Interesting. Okay. 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 Interesting. Okay. I did not expect to get into (laughs) such a deep topic about that. I thought we were just gonna like. I thought that was just an interesting (coughs) thing to share, like just like those last few. I would have never thought of it as negative. (laughs) I have never thought of it like that. Interesting. All right. It is interesting. 
All right, so um, during our last... Also, I know we were just yelling, but we're not mad at each other. No, we're not. No, this is just our... <laughs> this is our, our banter. Our debates, yeah, our this is fun. We're actually having a lot of fun right now. Yeah, so. we are. So much right now. I did not expect that to be so entertaining. Like, we've had, like... That was not a part of our last conversation. No. You guys just got... That is, I'm so glad. I, okay, that was, like, divine intervention. That's oh. why we got to re-record, re-record this. You're glad that we lost that recording? <laughs> I'm glad that we got to re-record and get that last okay, conversation. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. We are combining one of the questions for the reading guide with one of our questions from our listeners. Thank yes. you so much for those of you who sent emails to us. And we actually got a question from them. So at the back of almost every single Brandon Bull book has a reading guide with some questions that are kind of like usually geared towards a younger audience, let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, well, these books are technically but, middle yeah. grade, but... <laughs> but there are a few that I think are applicable. I feel like this is like something that like a kid would like read with like their mom and dad or like a teacher. Yeah, like, like, this like is their like students. where the teacher would pull to like have discussion questions. Like, talk about this in a group of two or three. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Exactly. <laughs> but so, but well, like one or two, two of the three of the questions are really good. And so we're going to use one of them right now and combine it with one of our questions from our listeners. Mm-hmm. So um, the question is number eight. Several of the creatures of Fablehaven personified specific attributes. What did the fairies seem to personify? The satyrs, the cliff troll. What are the strengths and weaknesses of those characteristics? So we saw these questions and we decided to take a step further. Also, we're going to name our favorite creatures. Thanks to our questions from one of our listeners. Um, from this first book. at the, I think at the end of the From the first series, book only? Yeah, just focus first book only. All right, so we're going to start with the ones in here. So we're, I'm going to say, so I'm going to start. I'm going to say a, a creature. You respond with a one-word... Descriptive answer. ...of their personality of or yes. just, like, who they are. Okay. okay so, satyrs. Frivolous. <laughs> Frivolity. Frivolity. Yes. Okay, you hit me. Fairies. Vanity. Easy. We've said that a lot. <laughs> um... Cliff Troll. Greed. Greed. Okay, um, brownies. Oh, yeah, I forgot the brownies were in the <laughs> book. I was like, wait, that's a book too, but no. Brownies. Um, creativity. Creativity. Hmm. I would say more, mm. um, just, oh, there's a word, there's a word, there's a word. It just means, like, busy. Like industrious? <laughs> okay, oh, that's, that's, that's kind of what I was going for. Uh, naiads. Naive. And innocent. Naive. I wouldn't call them innocent. <laughs> They're innocent and naive in the way a child with a magnifying glass burns ants. I suppose, but that, that's like that's like what I get. I still, I wouldn't call them innocent. Like, they don't understand. I would say. They don't relate to the loss of life. I would say ignorant. Okay. Okay. Um, are there any more? What else do you need? Creatures? Hugo. One? Hugo. Slave. Obedient? <laughs> oh, gosh. What is at this point? <laughs> okay. Well, that was dark. <laughs> what it is right now like or robot 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 better. yes that is okay, a much better word robot. <laughs> okay, i said obedient <laughs> um are we doing characters now mm-hmm. grandpa stressed <laughs> yeah <laughs> at wit's end <laughs> at wit's end with seth dale uh, 
I don't mean this in a mean <laughs> way. Uh, don't take this the wrong way. Slightly useless. I knew it. I knew it. I knew you were going to say it. Maybe more than slightly. <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry, Dale. If there's anybody out there whose favorite character is Dale, I apologize. <laughs> but you have to admit. I was going to say loyal. That's a good, that's a better word. <laughs> You're nicer than me. <laughs> Oh, I was thinking useless, 100%. Useless. I was thinking useless. Sorry, I mean, he, that man can carve pumpkins, though. That so. can, can carve pumpkins to save that's, a life. That's something he can do. All right, hit me with another one. Seth. <laughs> naive again. Naive. naive. Reckless. Reckless and naive, yeah. Reckless. Right. Kendra. Hmm... <sighs> Careful, but she changes. I don't know. I would say smart. Smart. She's very smart. Maybe observant, actually. Okay, like that. We'll change her to observant. Um, Grandma. Unflappable. Unflappable. That woman (laughs) is not phased by anything. Unfazable. Unflappable. Mm -hmm. Unconquerable. Not undefeated, um, sadly. Yeah. Lena. Lena. I have one for this one. One to give yours. There's a like. You ever have the time where like you're thinking of like a meaning of a word, but you can't quite say it. But you can't quite remember the word. What What, what are you thinking? Like, just like. Right. Like, experienced. That's very close. I was gonna say wise. Wise, yeah. Like, she has been through so much. I was also going to say timeless. Ooh, I like that. Those are the two words that came to my mind. Yeah, mine was wise. Like, she is wisdom. She is grace. <laughs> She's Miss United States. You know it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, Muriel. I would say greed again. Greed. She, the reason, the entire reason she ended up in that shack, the entire reason she goes out to Bamish because she's greedy for power. Power hungry. Mm-hmm. Power hungry. Are there any more characters? Um, Bamit? Evil? Demon? <laughs> Demon? Um, Newell and Doran. I guess we already did satyrs. Yeah. Yeah, so frivolous. Um, they want batteries. They want batteries. <laughs> A different it's kind of power hungry. It's got batteries. <laughs> a different <laughs> kind of power hungry. They're hungry and they want power to, to... They are consumers. They are consumers. consumers. They're consumers. They, are, they are definitely consumers. <laughs> they are... They are Loyal um, customers. <laughs> <laughs> they are... Oh, what's it? What's it? They are um, oh. gamer boys. Like they, they, they will like do whatever they can to get the newest oh and brightest gosh. toys, but they will never work for them. Man child. <laughs> Man child. Yes. Oh gosh. Especially later in the series, child. they are definitely man children. And I already I always love how like whenever it comes to like Frito Lay. <laughs> Frito No, but like I like how like during this book, like grandma and Grandpa, Lena, and Grandma are like, we gotta keep Seth away from the Satyrs. Yeah. He's like, they this would... young little teenage boy cannot the be impressioned by, by the Satyrs. We have to do something for his parents. Like, <laughs> Okay, um, I think that's pretty much everybody. I don't think there's any more characters. Oh, um, 
Kendra and Seth's mom and dad. Oblivious. <laughs> um, like literally, they had to have gone to the like their their parents were deeply involved. I just in thought of a really world. mean word. Do it. Negligent. <laughs> I don't know why I'm being mean today, but <laughs> these side characters. I mean, uh, but they're also but okay, but they're also like the instigators too because they kind of cause all of this. No, actually, it's more Grandma and Grandpa Sorens. Uh, um, what's the, the Well, um, I mean, the fact that they have to drop their children off in the first place. Because their other grandparents died, and only the the immediate children... We don't know their other grandparents, though, so... That's true, but the other grandparents were more the instigators because their deaths caused <sighs> That's a really this. sad thing to say. <laughs> <laughs> they caused this because they died. <laughs> okay, um... <laughs> All right, we're gonna. I, I feel like I'm running the flag. I am so like. I need to like fan myself. This is I'm really sorry. funny. This is very entertaining. We have to do this for every book. <laughs> I mean. I really hope you guys are getting clueless, negligent, oblivious, oblivious useless. <laughs> uh, take your pick. <laughs> okay, I'm trying to think. Is there anybody else we're missing? Maddox. 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 Eccentric. Entrepreneur. <laughs> and no matter what you think you hear, just remember we are not having fun. <laughs> I really wonder if he meant that. Or is it just because... He um, did not he mean was... that. He was having a lot of time okay. in his life. <laughs> uh, it's just whenever he says that, I'm like, that sounds dark. Like, what are you doing down there? It's a joke. Like, okay, uh, they're getting drunk and That's playing awesome gambling there. and... Who knows what else? All right. We got to put a wrap on this. Thank you guys so much for listening to this. I hope you guys get much, as much of a kick listening. Yeah, I hope you guys have as, as much fun. It. This was a fun episode to record, so I hope we are not incoherent in our laughter <laughs> and yelling. <laughs> All right. Well, then, uh, once again, I'm Jessica. I'm Megan. And please, please feel free to contact us through our email, Podcast at gmail.com. As well as commenting, liking, subscribing if you're listening to this on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're here on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, like we just thank you. I don't really use those platforms, so I don't know how you can support us. But yeah, you can find us basically anywhere podcasts are. Yeah. So just keep supporting us. Keep listening. We really, really appreciate it. We share this podcast with a friend. Mm-hmm. Always. We actually got to share it with Brandon Mole. A yeah. couple, I think about a month and a half On ago. his book tour for the new Candy Shop War book. Yeah, that was really cool. That was cool. Mm-hmm. He was like, whoa, that's cool. So, Brandon, if you're listening, hi. hi. I don't know if you remember us, but <laughs> hi. We appreciate you and your work. Yeah. We're really big fans, in case you couldn't tell. Yeah, no, you couldn't tell at all. <laughs> no, but yeah. Right. So, um, yeah. So, we hope you all have a great rest of your day. Um, please feel free to send your comments and suggestions. We are completely open, and we'd love to... Oh, we didn't say our favorite characters. I, I say favorite animals. Okay, favorite magical creature. Go! Satyrs. Satyrs. In this book, satyrs. Oh, in this book or in, this in book, general? In this book. Oh, in this book. Okay, fine. Um, For, if we could, you know... Brownies. I don't know. I, brownies we, or satyrs? We were eating brownies right before this. <laughs> yeah, the little tiny Not those kind of brownies. <laughs> Thank you guys so much again for listening, and we hope you have a great rest of your day. Uh, Subscribe, follow us, and we'll see you next time. And this time it will not be over a month and a half. Yes, we promise. (laughs) All right. Okay. All right. Um... See ya.